0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Last week I started talking about something I called "Prime Time" or spiritual fathers and mothers. And God wants you to uh, be fruitful. And part of that is, is producing other disciples, mentoring, helping people. And they walk with the Lord. And um, I shared about experience I had last year. But I was up in my room, I was praying and just worshiping the Lord and just having a great time. And then it's like the volume got of a heavier presence. All of us have experienced that where there's more of a heavier presence. And uh, I found myself just uh, in, engulfed in him. And then I heard footsteps. Now, our steps, you, uh, at our house, you can't sneak up on anybody. I mean, they make a noise. You come up steps. And I heard footsteps. And so I thought, well, Ellen is, is coming upstairs. I know it was later and stuff. But, um, and usually she wouldn't do that. She would just call for me, so. Uh, I'm waiting and, I'm, and I hear the footsteps. I hear them getting closer and, and stop. And then it's into the room. Well, I'll open my eyes and no one's there. But when I open my eyes, I get hit with the presence of God. I shut my eyes and realize that the Lord had walked in the room. And, uh,. I don't know how long this went on. I was just engulfed and in, in overwhelmed by the, the love of God. So <clears throat> I'm just just in this, uh, experiencing them. I do remember praying for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God, and uh, just for him uh, to be glorified in my life, and, and that was it. And uh, you know, this isn't because I'm someone special, it's available for all of us. Did I do anything to get this? No, it's just worshiping the Lord like we all do. And we've all probably had some experiences with the Lord during those times. So uh, this thing was uh, just a powerful thing. I look at the clock. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. I've got to get to bed where I can get up. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I go to bed. But then there was more revelation to come. And I was ministering here at the church. I was talking about we need all ages. And really, I seem back now, It was kind of leading into this. I think I was doing a series called Legacy. And anyway, uh, I was going to have everyone 50 years old and up to to stand up. And just it was like a challenge for us to, to rise up and be the men, women we need to be and that type thing. And I found myself saying 50 and up, which shocked me and uh, then some people sent me some uh, prophecies about age 50 and up and then I had confirmation after confirmation I'm kind of I joke that God has to tell me over and over I just and it's like uh, anything uh, even a, a sermon series I'll get hit everywhere you turn uh, this young lady um, on YouTube whatever and she was saying I've just moved to the area and I don't know how to raise my kids. I have no family. I have no one to help me. Is there anyone who's had kids? Maybe is someone older, or experienced that could help me. Ellen brought that to me. I said, that's it, that's it. So anyway, the anointing, when I, I prayed that prayer over the 50 and up, the anointing was like a, just struck me inside. And I told Ellen afterwards, I think, I guess the Lord's calling me in the senior ministry or something here. And, she, and we talked about some. And um, so I go home the next um, day, morning, I got up. This would be that Monday morning. I got up and I just playing around the iPad and I just uh, looking to see if I want to listen to some preaching or something. And I, I saw Jim Baker. Now Jim Baker, um, I have not one I usually watch, you know, <laughs> but this time I saw he was having a guy named Lance Wall now. How many have heard of Lance Wall now on there? And he's the one that talks about seven mountains uh, of culture. Anyway, um, that we need to get into, get Christians into. So I'm watching this and. He, he starts talking about how God is raising up those 50 and over to rise up and, and stop being asleep, to wake up, that this is their time. And uh, Lori Baker, who is Jim Baker's wife, said, uh, now, Lance, are you saying this is like prime? And Lance goes, this is prime time. Now, I, I left this part out. Uh, that night after the sunday Sunday service that that happened uh, where the fifty and up and the prayer and the anointing of God on that night I was praying I said, Lord, what is this? What do you call this and he said prime time. So the next morning I hear Lance wall now used the term prime time and then uh, the next person that comes I'm doing stuff then, next person comes up and it catches my ear he goes what God is doing he's raising up those 50 and over to bring in the harvest he's awaking them to, to get out of a life of leisure and just being comfortable I've done that, i paid my dues I'm going to do nothing right. touching them raising them up for work and he goes, "This is what the church is about." And he goes, "This is church of the harvest." And say, "Okay, Lord, I about fell over. You know, it's just okay. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> there, there's something. There's a link here. And what the Lord showed me, there's a link to the last great day harvest. There's a link between the old, older and the younger, or the generation." no unity in the church Amen. That's good. and I always being in youth ministry for many years we, I'd always say what Smith Wigglesworth had had a prophecy that the last and I would you know, pray that and use that but the Lord said that's not exactly right they will they will spearhead it but they're going to be launched out by the older ones it's going to be everyone together. And it makes sense. And in some ways, I think we just think this last uh, harvest will just be big meetings and stuff. But I think it's going to be a lot of small meetings and homes and one-on-ones. That it's going to be not just uh, a few big names. It's going to be the whole body of Christ involved. We'll still have the big meetings and, and stuff, of course. But I'm saying there's going to be a bigger movement. It's going to be the unseen. It's going to be you and I touching lives for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I want to minister along those lines a little bit. I need to give a little bit of an introduction there. In uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look... God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, "Hear mine, do not come any closer." God said, "Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground." Then He said, "I am the God of your Father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob." Now I want you to notice how God introduced himself. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Do you think that God maybe said that on purpose? I think it was on purpose. Of course it was. (laughs) What was he doing? He was emphasizing that he is a multi-generational God. He's looking beyond just this generation to the next and the next. He's looking ahead. He's a God of the generations, multi-generational. And see, those promises that were made to Abraham, that covenant that was made and the promises that were given were not just for him. They went to his kids, to his grandkids, to other generations, other generations. The promises that God's given you are not just for you, they're for your kids. It's passed down to them. An inheritance, the vision that mom and dad have passed on to the kids, passed on to the grandchildren. Well, I don't have kids. Well, God wants you to have children. Now, if he wants to make a woman 99 years old pregnant, he can. But I don't think most people will sign up for that one, but he can give you spiritual children, spiritual sons and daughters that you can minister to. Well, I just don't know any. Ask God. It could be that you just there's someone that you're just there's a pull there. Start praying for them. Take a step towards it. God wants you to have children. I remember years ago that we were, um, we were doing our camp thing with the kids, and the kids were singing in there, some testimonies. One of the members came up to me and said, uh, look, you know, I won't be here next Sunday. I said, oh, okay, going on town. He goes, no, I'm just I'm going to another church next Sunday. I'll be back after that. I said, you are? He said, yeah, you know, the, the kids... It's going to be mostly the kids during the service, so um, I'm not going to come. And I said, "Well, what about the kids?" And just blurted out, "I said, what about the kids?" And he said, "Well, I've I've raised my kids." (laughs) Said, "These are your kids. This is a family." You see one of somebody that has a kid around here and they're acting like a kid and they're getting on your nerves, don't talk about it. Pray for them. Help. Minister. Be gracious. Be loving. Because they're family. So I told him, I said, You're wrong. These kids need to see that they're valued and appreciated and loved. Did he come to the service? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) So who are you pouring into? Who are you investing in? Choices made in one generation can launch the next generation. We're living off decisions from other generations. The freedom that we enjoy today is because somebody in the past has paid a price. Men and women have laid down their life that we can come freely and join ourselves together and worship God. And open up the Word of God. Somebody's paid the price. Generational blessing. It's been passed down. We are affected by those before us and those coming after us. We're affected by them. Psalms 145 verse 4. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. Think about it. If we're supposed to tell the next generation, you've got to connect with them. There's got to be a connection. You've got to have voice. You've got to have place that you can minister and speak to them. Well, Pastor, I have all the friends I need. Well, there's another generation that desperately needs you. Exodus 3.15, God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. He said, look, I want you to introduce me this way. I want people to get the understanding I'm a family God. I'm a generational God. I'm thinking about kids. I'm thinking about grandkids, great-grandkids. I'm thinking about spiritual fathers and mothers and natural fathers and mothers. I'm thinking generationally. I'm thinking family. That's the way I am. Remember my name. Remember it from generation to generation. It's my name forever. And Jesus mentions it in Matthew 22. Just hit the wrong button. Matthew 22. There it is. Verse 31. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. I get amused when I read this part because when you know the whole story, you got some that are coming to Jesus and they're talking that they're sad. You see, they're sad. You see, because they don't believe in the resurrection, and they come to Jesus and they say, "Look, let me ask you something. If you know, if a man is is married, he has no kids, and he dies." If he has a brother, his brother is to marry her. He must marry her. So let me just give you this example. This man, he dies, has no children. His brother marries the wife, and he dies, and they have no children. And there's another brother, there's a third brother, a fourth brother, a fifth brother, a sixth brother, a seventh brother. And finally, Jesus said, you're in error. You don't understand the scriptures or the power of God. And there is a resurrection. God is the God, not of the dead, but the living. The reason that the promise and covenant that God gave to Abraham is still alive is because Abraham's still alive. Very much alive. He's the God of the living. But he's a generational God. They're trying to stump Jesus, but you can't stump Jesus. (laughs) Younger generation, you will not see and experience all that God has for you about the older generations by your side. Older generation, you'll not see and experience all the things that God has for you about the younger generation by your side. We're linked together. No, the, the Bible talks about the body of Christ being a body. Anybody want to do with a hand? Cut their hand out? I don't need it. <laughs> but see, we're going, going around. We don't realize that we're just half a body. <laughs> oh, this is the older one. This one's the younger one. <laughs> but we're to the, we're the come together. And I believe, I I, and I know we, we love The generations here. We do. But I'm saying there's more. There's a deeper level that God wants to take us that we're connecting. See, we're losing kids that are going off to college. The body of Christ is. And they say in just a few years that we're not even going to be a Christian nation unless that changes. It's got to change. Most kids are born again, I think it's 85 or 90% before age 18. We need each other. God's made us that way, where everyone is valuable, everyone is powerful in the body of Christ. All sons, all daughters, all accepted, all belonging, all vital, all needed. No some weird hierarchy, you know, to get to God. All the same before God Almighty. All have a place at the table. All have a voice. Everyone having a place and position and calling. A destiny in God. Valuable. Precious before Him. That's what God has called us to. Full access to the, to the kingdom of God. So we're to honor the older ones. We're to honor the younger ones. The Bible says to honor each other. Be submitted to each other in the love of God. Honor. Say honor. Well, you just don't understand. My father doesn't deserve honor. That's not what scriptures say. You give honor whether they deserve it or not. Because you belong to Jesus. And you value that person's heart. And so, get out of your comfort zone. If you don't have an older person in your life, find one. You might have to bug them. Bug them. Bug them. It might take a few times. I need you in my life. If you're an older person, you don't have a younger person in your life, cook for them. Free food to do it. You don't have any little kids around you. You can get with a family. Some have some little kids around you. It brings, it makes you alive. I remember I used to say in youth ministry, it keeps you young because you're keeping up with all these young ones. <laughs> I wasn't sure if this was a term, but I looked it up, it is ageism. It's prejudice or discrimination against a person based on their age. Just as racism and sexism is detrimental to the body of Christ, so is ageism. Enemy wants to distract the older generation of comfort and leisure. And yes, I, I understand pace may be changing uh, And I I know the phrase that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I believe that an old dog can get a new fresh vision from God, a mission to walk in and not just to retire and just be a fluffy pillow all day. And you're praying, God, renew my youth where I can spend five or six more hours in this recliner each day. The anointing of God is in family, family unity. Remember, air and spirit goes down over the whole body. The anointing is in family. It's in generations. John seventeen twenty four. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, is Jesus speaking, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I've declared to them your name. And will declare it that the love which you love me may be in them and I in them. What is this? This is a conversation between the Son and the Father. Saying, Father... If they can have the same love that you and I have for each other. I can live in them and be one with them just like I'm one with you. What's Father saying? Father? What Father God is saying, you cannot come to me unless you come through my family, my son Jesus and you come and be a part. See, the family, we're to lead others to Jesus. And then he takes them to the Father. What if we really valued each other and honored each other? John 13, 35, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It says all men and women will know. <laughs> well, I wonder what we can do to make Jesus known in the earth. I guess we could get, call up Google and see if there's some kind of program we can work with them, do something special, or Amazon. Maybe there's an Instagram plus plus that we can use. And, and yeah, he said, all, let me read it again. I have misread it. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I'm talking about the love that we have for each other shines a light and people recognize that we belong to Jesus. Making him known. Our love makes him known. Wow. What a way to bring in the harvest. Let's just fall in love with each other. (coughs) (coughs) <coughs> <coughs> Psalms 127, verse 3. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward for Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born into one's youth. Blessed is the man's quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. So we know a quiver is what you put arrows in and saying kids are like that. Fill up your quiver and they can be shot against the enemy. They can be a, a defense or an offense against the enemy. But the picture that the Lord gave me is that the body of Christ is going around and we have our, our quiver We have our bow, but there's no errors in there. We don't have anything to launch into the next generation. What am I saying? Don't hold back. Give them everything we got. Love them. Pray for them. Is it going to be uncomfortable at times? Yes. We don't think alike. That's okay. It's good for us. Do you know that I have, maybe I'm right next week, but the percentage they're saying are going to be those 20 years and under, something like that, it's staggering. It's like almost half the population of the earth. We need to get comfortable with young folks. Young folks get comfortable with older folks. Quiver full. We're not shooting them out with the advantage of wisdom. Even practical things. This uh, I looked up a uh, Bible uh commentary. Anyway, it says, It's not good to build and guard our houses and cities if there's no future generations to inherit them and keep the family, city, and nation going. Children are precious, a heritage, and make the home a treasury. They're also useful like fruit and arrows, and make the home a garden and an armory. If we do not raise our children to know and love the truth, who will plant the seeds of truth and fight the battles against lies and evil in the generations to come? In Psalms 127 from the Passion it says, "Children are God's love gift. they're heaven's generous reward. Children are born to a young couple will one day rise to protect and provide for their parents. Happy will be the couple who has many of them. A household full of children will not bring shame on your name, but victory, when you face your enemies for your offspring will have influence and honor to prevail. Even on your behalf. How much of God do you have. Your experiences of God. Your revelation from God. What God has spoken to you. Would it be lost? If If that's the case. You're a generational failure. If it's passed on. You are a generational blessing. And you have God's heart. And you have his provision. And his anointing in your life. Some prime time thoughts in closing. Number one. Since God is a generational God, I choose to be a generational person. I love all ages. I'm a generational person. And then to live it and be that way. Number two, God designed us that we would need each other. The world is different. It's the opposite kingdom. You don't need anyone. You're your own God. You don't even need God. You're God. It's the throne of self. It's an image. It's an idol. It's false. It's damaging. It's destructive. It's the enemy. It's the antichrist spirit. But God is raising up in this day those that will love each other and those that will run with fresh abandonment towards the things of God and see the fulfillment of that which has been on Father's heart for centuries. For God said that the hearts of the children would be ignited by the hearts of the fathers. But it says in Scripture that the heart turns, the heart of the Father turns to the children first so that tells me something there older ones we've got to be aggressive and take the step and I just got that then I didn't know that but God is saying older ones we go to them and say look can I, can I start praying for you don't come up to them and say look can I have your name, your number, your social security Can I know everything about you? (laughs) Now, just come up. Can I? Is there anything I can pray with you about? I'd like to pray for you. Don't come and you know smother anybody. Number three, I refuse to work or socialize with only people in my age bracket. It's easy to do. We're comfortable with those of our own age bracket. And we, we tend to tune out the other ages. Now, you know, whatever age bracket you're in, you think you're the best. Well, the, yeah. Oh, come on. Of course you do. We think we're the best age bracket to exist. Whatever age bracket you're in. But I've got to make an effort to be around some people a lot younger and fall in love with them. It's not hard. It's not hard. Number four, I refuse to allow racism, (coughs) sexism, and ageism in my life. It's all destructive, it's from the pit you want to stand out in this world right there you can stand out pretty quick yeah. so we're in a world that's divided divided in e- every way but not the body of Christ because God values all all is his family all God wants each and every person in the family to know how special, unique, and precious they are to him. How valuable. Oh, so valuable that the blood of Jesus was spilled for each and every single person. How much we're loved. How overwhelming, unconditional is the love of God. He wants us to know how valuable we are, that we are His beloved, that we are the apple of His eye, that we are accepted. We belong. Say, I belong. I belong in the family of God. Men and women, boys and girls, black and white. Asian, Hispanic, whatever, all are welcome and valued in the family of God. And anything else is straight from the pit of hell. And we're the rise against it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a table set before us in the presence of the enemy. And we all have place at the table. <laughs> Number five. The awakening for God's harvest is linked to the older, the younger, and all ages walking together in generational unity. We all are going to be involved in this harvest. Aren't you glad? <laughs> well, Pastor, I don't want to be apart. You don't have to. Let's bow our heads. If today you never called upon Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And you can receive him today. You can make a decision that I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do what he says to do. I'm going to go where he says to go. I'm going to thank his thoughts, I'm going to read his word, and I'm going to tell others about Jesus. Come into my heart, come into my life. Be the king of my life. I confess you as Lord and Savior.